Today's read, Midnight, A Gangsta Love Story by Sister Soldier, Chapter 47, Rat. Brooklyn will sober a lover up real quick. I flipped back into focus riding on the subway with the aggressive and weird and wired freaks of New York. I got real clear walking in the Brooklyn streets with the people and the prowlers. I walked over to Baines's to collect my shit. She, her daughter, grandmother, and two or three other people were all outside sitting on the stoop. She handed her daughter to her grandmother and took off running down the street to meet me. I seen two male youths on her steps. I figured they must not mean too much to her because she wasn't hiding the fact that she was sprinting over to see me and wrapped her arms around my neck as soon as she got up close. Hey, she screamed. What's happening, I asked. Sorry, you can't come in the house today, she said. Oh yeah? Why, I asked. There's a rat in there. So we all ran outside and locked it in, she said. So now the rat's going to live inside? And y'all are going to live on the streets? I asked. She laughed. Uh-huh. No, she said all excited. I ran down to the exterminator shop. He wants $100 to get it out. I got 50 My grandmother got 35 but we still $15 short. And we were going to use the money to get our power back on. What about them two dudes sitting on your steps? I asked. They're just friends, neighbors, she said matter-of-factly. Why didn't you tell them to get the rat out? I asked her. They're scared of rats. Everybody's scared of rats. You should have seen my grandmother. She was up on top of the counter with the baby when I got home from school. All right, no problem, I told her. When we got near her stoop, the two cats stood up. One of them gave me the screw face like he was some kind of tough guy. I figured he probably had a thing for bangs. I looked dead at him. Inside, I was laughing at these black American dudes who act all big but got nothing and do nothing. He might as well be wearing some hot pants and a tube top sitting around afraid and useless with the women, I thought, taking one look at him. If he couldn't even face down a rat... How could he be challenging me? I spent my African summers with my grandfather living in the same realm with the lions. Go pay your power bill, I told Bangs. Sure, she said, seeming to melt and swoon when I spoke to her forcefully. I walked past them two and pushed the door open while they stood to the side and watched. Then I closed the door behind me cause fuck them watching me. First thing I did was open all the closed bedroom and room doors inside of the house, ending up on the second floor for the first time. The second floor rooms were same as the ones downstairs, lifeless, dingy, and antique. The last room on the left corner had a bare mattress with a men's pair of pants on top. I stepped in and took a look. There was an empty bottle of wild Irish rose turned over on the floor. 
On the other side of the mattress, in a small space, there was a ripped condom wrapper on the floor. I took a double take. Everything else in this house was old and dusty as if this place was set back in time, but this scene in here, I knew wasn't from two or five or twenty years ago. It could have been left there twenty minutes ago or two or five days back. I stood quietly in the middle of the hallway up there for fifteen minutes. I didn't hear one sound. Then I walked down to the first floor and stood quietly for fifteen minutes more. I could hear the rat now. It was running around in the grandmother's room. I pulled out my kunai knives, entered her room, shifted some furniture around and waited. I was excited at having a live target for my practice. I became completely silent and waited some more. I saw Granny had a box of Fig Newtons on her night table. I pulled one cookie out, crumbled it up, and tossed it around her floor. I stood in one spot for 18 more minutes before the rat made his appearance. I saw him. He was big and black like he'd been living large. An uninvited guest, terrifying the girls and the old lady with no competition or threat of being shut down. Now he fucked around and got fat, greedy, sloppy, and slow. He made a run for the cookie crumbs. On my second toss, my kunai went right through him and lodged his body up against the dank beige wall. His blood splattered like a small kid's finger painting, adding the only color this room had. I left him there for a minute while I went to the other room to collect my gun and our shirts. I came across the box of condoms she tossed at me in the alley a couple of weeks ago. Instinctively, I counted them again. Thirteen. In the kitchen, I grabbed a brown paper bag. I went back into Granny's and grabbed my kunai out of his belly. His tail was frozen stiff in an action pose. I used the brown bag to pick him up. Then I dropped him inside and held it and folded it down. A little bit of his blood soaked through the paper bag, but not enough to make it rip open. In the bathroom, I washed my hands with hot water and soap. The house was still quiet. None of the tough guys had entered to help out or just out of plain boldness or curiosity. Then I heard someone entering through the front door. The footsteps were heavier than a woman's footsteps. I came out of the bathroom and stood on an angle to see who it was. He was a grown, older man. I didn't want to move and scare him. I didn't expect him. There was no way he could have expected me to be inside of this house either. But on closer look, he appeared unstable, maybe even drunk. Hold up, I called out to him. Who the fuck are you? He asked, as though this was his house. Exterminator, I answered, holding up the bloody bag. Oh, shit, he said. Glad to see you. I hope they don't owe you no money. 
Nah, I did it as a favor. Come on, man. Nobody does no favors. He laughed two quick times and then sobered up. I don't have no money. Want a quick drink? He pulled the bottle out of his coat pocket. Nah, I'm good, I told him. Where's Tiffany and the baby? He asked, looking around. Who wants to know? I reversed it on him. <laughs> oh, you the exterminator and the security, he chuckled. Something like that? I didn't chuckle. This is my mother's house, he said with authority. Where is she at? He asked. My bad. Both of them should be right back. You're bad. You right, he said, swigging from his bottle. Excuse me, you said you didn't want none, so stop staring. You gonna jinx me and make me drop it staring like that. Then you gonna owe me money. I don't do favors, he warned. I'm finished, so I'm out, I told him. I kept my eyes on him while I went back and grabbed me and Amir's shirt and left. Outside, I called her. Bangs! She came running down the street. Her grandmother must have heard me call out, too. She came right out of the apartment across the street carrying the baby. He's finished, I told them, holding up the bag. Boy, you're a godsend. Thank you so much. You the only one of them I know who comes around and does something good. You can come back anytime. You're always welcome to my house, the grandmother said, relieved. Where you going? Bangs asked. I could see the craving in her eyes. I gotta go bury this sucker, I said. Afterwards, I got basketball practice. When you coming back to check me, friend? She smiled. Don't believe a man could only be friends with you, Bangs. It ain't happening. So what does that mean? She asked. You asked me not to talk to you about her. I answered sincerely. Oh, her again, she said, and rolled her eyes. Just take good care of your daughter. She's the best thing you have, I said to her. That's right, her grandmother shouted her agreement. I kissed the baby and told her grandmother and her, your son and your uncle is waiting inside of the house. Bangs rolled her eyes and said, You kissing the baby, but you should be kissing me, superstar.